You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Matthew chapter 15, begin reading in verse number 29, the Bible says, And Jesus departed from thence and came nigh into the Sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat down there. And great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. Insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see. And they glorified the God of Israel. Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude, because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I will not send them away fasting, lest they faint in the way. And his disciples say unto him, Whence should we have so much bread in the wilderness as to fill so great a multitude? And Jesus saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? And they said, Seven, and a few little fishes. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and the fishes, and gave thanks, and brake them, and gave to his disciples, and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat, and were filled. And they took up of the broken meat that was that left seven baskets full. And they that did eat were four thousand men beside women and children. And he sent away the multitude and took ship and came into the coast of Magdala. Amen. This is the feeding of the five thousand. The Bible tells us that after the feeding of the five thousand that uh, there were uh, twelve baskets that were left over. After the feeding of the 4,000, the Bible says there were seven baskets left over. Very similar, but yet I want to show you in this passage, I want to show you a few thoughts that I hope will be a help to you as our theme for the year is to follow Jesus. And as we follow Jesus and we follow his example, we see in this passage of scripture in verse number uh, 36, it says that he took the seven loaves and the fishes and he gave thanks. And he broke them and gave to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. I'd like to preach for a few moments this morning on the subject, thankfulness for brokenness. Now, that's not normally something we'd be thankful for. Uh, When your car breaks down, that's not good. You have uh, some piece of equipment, a a computer, your brakes, or your cell phone brakes, or your microwave brakes, or your, your, your refrigerator brakes. Those are not usually good things. But here the Bible says that Jesus gave thanks, and then he intentionally took those loaves, and he broke them. And I want to talk about being thankful even in brokenness. Father, I pray you'd speak to our hearts. Thank you for the great singing. I thank you for the wonderful time we've had together already today. I pray that you'd bless these dear folks who have come. Uh, I certainly do not want to waste their time. I want to do my very best to relay the message from your word that you've given me. I pray for those who are listening by way of radio, those watching online. I pray each and every person under the sound of my voice, I pray that our hearts would be open. I pray that we would listen and receive the word of God, and may it be a help and a blessing. May it change us and challenge us and encourage us today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. We see in this passage, beginning in verse number 29, it says that Jesus departed from thence and came nigh into the Sea of Galilee, 
And he went up into a mountain and he sat down there. Now that ought to encourage you right there uh, to know that it's okay to take a break, right? Uh, and I know some of you are not thinking about a break right now. You're thinking it's going to get real busy real fast, right? Thanksgiving and people coming over and, and meals and places to go and things to do. But I want to tell you, Jesus Christ himself took time to rest. I think that's important. But the greatest rest that you will ever get is not sitting back in the easy chair. The greatest rest you will ever get is not uh, going to sleep on your bed. Although, isn't it good after you've been traveling, isn't it good to get home and sleep in your own bed and your own pillow? Uh, isn't that a blessing? But the greatest rest that you and I will ever experience is a rest that is found in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. People are stressed, and people are, are in, a, in a frenzy, and people are running 100 miles an hour. We have all this technology, all these things to make our lives easier. But you know what? Our lives are getting uh, uh, busier. Our lives are getting crazier. And you've got to find your rest in Jesus Christ. He gives true rest. But then we see in this passage that as Jesus sits down, there are people that are bringing the lame, the blind, the dumb, the maimed, and many others. They're bringing them to Jesus. And the Bible says this, they're casting them at his feet. Now, that kind of sounds a little rough. You know, if you're bringing somebody to Jesus, you wouldn't just throw them down and say, all right, there you go. But I think what, what we see here is that there are people that have needs. And friend, I want to tell you, there's people all around us every day that have needs. We have needs. But there are people that need somebody to help them get to Jesus. And I wonder this week, I wonder who it is that you could help. You don't have the answer, but you know who does. You can't help them. But you could get them to Jesus, and if they'd get to Jesus, they'd get some help. I thank God for people that cared about me. I thank God for people that along the way that have helped me. I'm thankful for people that didn't give up on me. And although they didn't have the answer, they knew who did, and they helped to bring me to Jesus. The Bible says that the multitudes, they came having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, many others, cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. Aren't you glad that Jesus can bring healing? Aren't you glad that Jesus can fix any problem you have? It may be physical. It may be emotional. It may be spiritual. It may be a relationship. It may be a job. It doesn't matter what the problem is. Jesus Christ has the ability to take something that is broken, and he can fix it. Hallelujah for that. But then I see in this passage, after Jesus healed them, verse 31, it says, In so much that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak and the maimed to behold and the lame to walk and the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. The Bible says they wondered. That word wondered, it means they were amazed. They, they, they were just blown away. They couldn't believe that they saw these miracles that, that they, they knew they couldn't do. They knew the doctors couldn't do it, but they saw that Jesus could and he did. Friend, I want to encourage you today, uh, don't ever get used to seeing God at work. Don't ever get used to hearing about people that get saved. 
Don't ever get used to people whose lives have been changed. And don't ever get over what God did in your life. Can I tell you, if it weren't for the grace of God, we would not be here today. We would not be saved. We wouldn't be on our way to heaven. We wouldn't have anything uh, worth living for, anything we're talking about because of Jesus. Hallelujah. We've been saved. We are uh, children of God. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Don't ever get over the amazement. The Bible says they glorified the God of Israel. I'll say this. Let's make sure that God always gets the glory. Anything good that God does, it certainly is not because of us, but it is all because of him. And they gave God the glory. They glorified the God of Israel. But then in verse 32, we see that Jesus has compassion on these people. Now, he's already healed them, but the Bible says they stayed with him for three days. Now, the reason that Jesus had compassion is because they were hungry. And they didn't have any food. And Jesus said, if I send them away now, they're not going to make it home. They will faint in the way. And so Jesus says, we got to do something about it. Aren't you glad that Jesus has compassion on us? Aren't you glad he cares about you? He knows what you're going through. Uh, the, the, the people had already been healed. He'd already done the big stuff. But yet Jesus cared about the need that they had for food. And Jesus was willing to meet that need. Disciples asked the question in verse 33. They said, where are we going to find enough food to feed all these people? And so they, they gathered up what they had amongst themselves there with the crowd of 4,000 men plus women and children. And the Bible says that all they could come up with was seven loaves and a few small fishes. Now, friend, I want to tell you that is not much. That is not going to be enough for this crowd. But yet, they gather it, they turn it over to Jesus, and they let Jesus do the rest. You know, this morning, you may feel like you don't have much, and I may feel like I don't have much, but when Jesus is involved, he doesn't need much to work with. As a matter of fact, he doesn't really need a whole lot because this world was created out of nothing. You and I were created out of the dust, out of the dirt of the ground. And yet, look at what God can do with nothing. Look at what God can do with just something little. And so seven loaves and a few small fishes are plenty for what Jesus wants to do. He commands the people to sit down and he begins to work. I want you to see quickly in this passage, it's a long introduction. I hope to preach a short message and we'll get you on your way. But I want you to notice in this passage, there are some things that I find in these verses that are broken. The first thing I see in this passage is that there are broken people. Did you notice that in verse number 30? There were broken people. There were people that were lame. That's a problem. I thank God that, that, that for the, the most part, all of us in here, we, we can walk. Most of us, we were able to get into church on our own. It didn't require uh, someone wheeling us in. And, and we do have folks from time to time that come in that way and praise God for it. But I'm glad today that Jesus does not overlook people that are broken. There were lame. You may be here today and you don't have a problem walking but maybe something has happened that has kept you from getting to where you need to be spiritually. 
Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a financial need, a physical need. I don't know what it is, but maybe there's something in your life. You're not lame, but yet you are. You wouldn't describe yourself as not being able to walk, but yet there's places you need to go. There are things you need to do, and you don't have the ability to get there on your own. I've got good news for you. We serve a God who can heal the lame. We serve a God that can help us to get where we need to go. Maybe you're discouraged today. Maybe you feel like you can't go on. Maybe you feel like there's no hope for you. I want to tell you, you can forget about all the discouragement. You can forget about all the negativity because there is a God in heaven that can make the lame to walk again and he can help you where you are. There are broken people. I see there are those who are lame. Then there are those who are blind. Now, we, in this auditorium, I don't think we have anybody that is completely blind. I know we've got some that are, are close to it. And uh, without my glasses, I feel like I'm blind. By the way, if you ever see me take off my glasses while I'm preaching, you better know as big as that clock is, that's not going to do anything for me, okay? So if I'm preaching with my glasses off, you better get real nervous, okay? With my glasses on, I can see the clock and I know where we're at. I know what we're doing. But maybe you're not blind physically, but maybe there are some things that have blinded you in your life. Maybe there are some things that have happened. Maybe there's been some things that have, have tainted the way that you see things. And there have been some things that have discouraged you. I want to tell you, Jesus can help you get your vision back. Jesus can help you get your eyes back on the, the right things. He can help you to get your perspective back. Jesus healed the blind, and he can help you to see again. Then there were those who were dumb. One who is dumb in the Bible is one who could not speak. Now, as far as I know, I think we can all speak. I think we all have that ability. But have you ever felt like, although you had the ability to speak, have you ever felt like you didn't have any words to say? Have you felt like you've been in a situation where you just, you, you couldn't even formulate the words in your mind? There, there was nothing you could say. There was nothing that you could, you could say that would help. There was nothing you could say that would, would make a difference. And I want to tell you something. You may be here like that today, and you may feel like you don't know what to say. You've lost your song. You've lost your voice. You've lost your witness. You've lost your testimony. You've lost your joy. I want to tell you, Jesus can give you your voice back. He can give you something worth living for, and he can give you something worth saying. And I'm glad today to tell you that although you may not have the words to say, I'm glad that Jesus Christ can help you to speak again. I see there were those who were lame and those who were blind, and there were those who were dumb. And then the Bible says there were those who were maimed. Maimed could be in their legs or in their hands or in their arms, but it means to be crippled. Maybe there's been something that has happened in your life that has crippled you. Maybe there is something that has caused you pain. There is something that has, has limited you. There is something that is in your past. And maybe, maybe I don't know about it. Maybe nobody knows about it. But you struggle with it and you battle with it. And you don't think there's any hope for healing. But I got news for you. There's a God in heaven who can heal those who have been maimed and those who have been crippled. The Bible says that the people cast them at Jesus' feet. I think that speaks of the fact that these people said, we can't do anything with these people. We can't do anything for these people. And maybe you're in that category today. Maybe people have given up on you. Maybe you've given up on yourself. But I want to tell you, as long as God is still in the picture, 
there is hope in your life. There is hope in your marriage. There is hope with your children. There is hope in your situation. There is hope as long as God is still on the throne. And by the way, I got news for you. He's still there, and he always has been, and he always will be. God takes care of, and God heals the broken people. Hallelujah for that. But not only in this passage do I see broken people, but secondly, I see there's a broken person. This broken person that I'm referring to is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's got something that's broken. It's called his heart. He sees these people and he sees that they've got needs and he sees that they've got burdens. And Jesus, he said, I have compassion on the multitude. Friend, I hope we never lose our compassion. Did you know it's possible? Did you know it can happen to all of us that we can get cold? We can become callous. We can become uh, uh, desensitized to the needs of others. Oh, it's so easy just to get our, our eyes on ourselves. And all we think about is our needs and, and our burdens and our cares. And, and I'm not saying you neglect yourself. I'm just saying don't forget about others. Don't forget that Jesus came to minister and Jesus has called us to minister and to serve others. Don't ever forget that there are people around you every day who are broken and they need your compassion. They need my compassion. The Bible tells us that Jesus was broken not only in his heart, but in just a short time from Matthew 15, Jesus would gather his disciples together for that last supper. And during that last supper, Jesus told his disciples as he broke the bread, he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. You see, Jesus' heart was not the only thing that was broken. His body was broken. His back took the whip, the cat of nine tails uh, that, that, that shredded the skin from off his back. Jesus allowed that, that crown of thorns to be, to be driven with a, a, a hammer into his skull. Jesus allowed his face uh, to be beaten. He allowed his beard to be plucked out. He allowed those nails to go in his hands and in his feet. And he allowed that spear to pierce through his side. Jesus Christ experienced a broken body so that you and I could be put back together. Jesus was broken so that you and I could be made whole. Jesus was beaten so that you and I could go free. Jesus paid the price so that you and I could have eternal life in heaven. There's a broken people I see in this story. There's a broken person, Jesus Christ, who had compassion. I love what it says in verse 32. He says, they continue with me now three days. Friend, I want to tell you, three days is not a long time. Until you go three days without food. How many of you know three minutes without food is a long time? I shouldn't start talking about food right now. Um, and I might, although I will never hear the end of it. Brother Dan always, always gets mad at everybody talking about food. He doesn't mind talking about it all during Sunday school. But in the 11 o'clock service, apparently there's something different about that. But can you imagine? You know what it's like to be hungry. And you've got three hours. Or you've got a whole day, or you know you can't eat. You've got a, a, a test maybe coming up this week, and you have to go 24 hours or 18 hours or whatever without eating. That's a long time, but three days. But here's what I like. 
they continued with Jesus. They stayed with Jesus. And no matter what you're going through, just stick with Jesus. I promise you, it's going to turn out okay as long as you stay with him. Jesus said, I can't send them away. I will not send them away unless they might faint in the way. Reminds me of the verse where Jesus said, he that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. I'm glad that although people might kick you out of their lives and people might push you out of their lives, I'm glad that Jesus never pushes us away. I'm glad he says, come unto me and I will give you rest. But I see quickly not only broken people and a broken person, but number three, I see broken provision. Jesus took the, the seven loaves and the few small fishes. It says in verse number 36 that he gave thanks and he break them. Now, this is not complicated. If you, if you were in math class in elementary, you learned about fractions, right? And so if you have a whole, it doesn't matter how many pieces you have. If you put all those together, you still have the equivalent of that whole. It doesn't multiply. The amount stays the same, right? But when something goes through the hands of Jesus, it never stays the same. As a matter of fact, that's what was necessary. There was nothing special about the bread. There was nothing special about those loaves. There was nothing special about the fishes. The special thing was that it went through the hands of Jesus. And when Jesus gets a hold of somebody, when Jesus gets a hold of something, I want to tell you, that's when the miracles start happening. That's when good things and great things start happening because of who touched it. And Jesus touched it. The Bible tells us that he took the loaves and he broke them. And then he distributed to them. It's interesting to me that before he broke the loaves, before he passed out the loaves, the Bible says that he gave thanks. I want to remind you this morning, you may feel like you don't have much, but you can still be thankful for what you have. You may feel like you don't have a lot, but it's still a good thing to give thanks because you may not have much, but God doesn't need much to work with. Little is much, the songwriter said, when God is in it. But I see that Jesus takes the loaves, and in order to use these loaves, he has to break them. I have with me here, I've got something that um, may not be special to you, but I remember when I was in college, I remember this was a lot of money, a $20 bill. Hallelujah. How many remember when you used to be able to buy a lot for $20? You remember that? I remember when I was in college, and Brother uh, Dan, uh, you probably remember this, and uh, Joanna, and Kelly, you had your parents down the road, so you didn't have to worry about this, but the rest of us, we had to go to a laundromat to do laundry. And it wasn't that long ago, so you young folks, don't, don't, get, don't get crazy on me here, but how many of you remember when you had to use coins to operate a washing machine or a dryer, or how about this, a car wash? You remember when you had to have coins? And that wasn't even that long ago. A $20 bill would not do you a bit of good to wash a car. It only cost two bucks to wash it, but if this is all you had, this was not going to work. How many remember the soda machines before they took dollar bills or before they took credit cards? And you could have a $20 bill. You say, boy, that would have, back in the day, 
That would have bought you 40 cans of soda from a soda machine. But with a $20 bill, you couldn't get one. How come? Because that bill first had to be broken, right? It had to be broken. You had to get some quarters. You had to get some change. Now, now which is more valuable, uh, the $20 bill or the two quarters to buy your soda? Well, the $20 bill is more valuable, but which is more useful? And can I tell you, you and I, our lives sometimes are like this 20, or maybe you're not feeling, feeling like 20 today. I brought something else. I brought a five. <laughs> maybe you're feeling like a five. That's about all I got. Or maybe you say, I actually feel like a dollar, or those quarters are more like it. But here's what I'm saying. The value is not in the amount, but the value is in the usefulness. And I think sometimes God has to take our lives and God has to break us, one, so that we realize it's not about us, so that our lives can be humbled and our, our hearts can be humbled and we can realize that we're not all that great and we're not all that special, but what makes us great is what God does in us and through us. I see there were broken provisions. Jesus took the loaves and he broke them and he distributed them, not just to a few people, but the Bible says there were 4,000 men. Besides the women and children. Now, ladies, we know that you don't eat very much. Right, ladies? We know that. That's just a given. Fellas, that's a great time to shake your head yes in agreement. Don't elbow your wife and say, well, he doesn't know you. Don't do that. We do know that the men like to eat. Right? Amen? All the men said, it's kind of weak, but you're... You're there, you're thinking about food instead of the message. But we all know that children can do some damage. Children, I'm, amen, Brian, I'm telling you what. Now, I don't know if that was smart with your teen girls, but anyway, but children, children can eat. And Jesus only had seven loaves. He only had a few small fishes, but he began to break them. And as he began to break those loaves, he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples went out and started passing out food. Now, let's be honest. If you were a disciple, even though you'd already seen the 5,000 fed, I think you might be a little nervous. I would be. You know why? Because I wouldn't want to run out. Because if people don't get food that they're expecting, they're mad. There is no telling what they're going to do, especially if this side of the room gets food and this side doesn't. How many of you over here know what to do? You go beat them up and get theirs, right? No, 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 don't, don't do that. And so those disciples, as they're distributing, I'm sure that took some faith. Like, boy, I hope Jesus knows what he's doing. I hope he figured it all out. I hope he's got us covered because we're the ones that are, we're on the firing line here. But Jesus allowed those disciples to be involved in the work. And every time they passed out another piece of bread, and every time they passed out another piece of fish, they knew that they couldn't get the glory because they didn't make the fish and the, and, and the bread multiply. They just got to be involved in doing what God had called them to do. You imagine the looks on those faces of those people. They hadn't eaten for three days. And all of a sudden, they get some food, and they get some more food, and they get some more food. And the Bible says they were all full. 
And after they were all filled, they took up the leftovers, and there were seven baskets full. That just proves, when you got leftovers, that just proves that everybody got enough, right? And those disciples got to see 4,000 men plus women and children all get satisfied because of what Jesus did in their lives. I want to tell you, Jesus always satisfies Jesus always gives you what you need. Jesus always does above and beyond what we could ask or think. But I see there were broken provisions. But lastly, I see there were broken pieces. The Bible makes it clear that after it was all said and done, it says in verse 37, they did all eat and were filled, and they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets full. Now, obviously, seven is the number of completion. Seven is God's perfect number. But I think the reason for seven was, I think, to emphasize the fact that Jesus started with seven loaves. I don't think those loaves were that big. But even if they were a little bit bigger, what's bigger, a basket full or a loaf? <laughs> a basket full. And so Jesus showed that after he got all done, there was still more. Than he started with. And when God gets done in your life and he gets done in my life, you know what's gonna be evident? That God can always do more than we could ever imagine. He can always do more than what we ever have to offer him. Let's take just a moment, let's look back on our lives and, and look where you are today and look where what God has brought you from. You know what God's done in your life and mine? He's done more than we deserve. He's done more than we could have imagined. He's done more than we could have asked. He has done more. How come? Not because of the loaves, but because of the hands that took the loaves and distributed those loaves. Because your life and my life was not just in our hands, but we took our hands off and we said, Lord, here's my life. I want you to take it and I want you to use it. Friend, you may be here today and you may be broken. Maybe there's something that has happened in your life in these last few weeks. Maybe it's been months. Maybe it's been years. Maybe it's been decades. I want to tell you, you may be broken, but don't despair because God uses broken people. And God uses broken things. As a matter of fact, that is what he prefers. Because when God uses people that are put together, those people may feel like that they can take some credit. But when God uses people that are broken, when it's all said and done, He is the one that gets all the glory. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.